Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today we're welcoming the program author, Pastor Owen Williams, and he is the author of American Christianity, Black Liberation, White Legalism. Before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder, the selected interviews are available at our website, as well as on major platforms like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many more. Owen, how are you? Fine, thank you, Don. So glad to be with you. I'm grateful for the invitation to be a guest on your show today. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. I am a retired pastor. I did about 40 years of work in the city of New York. I was a healthcare chaplain, and I pastored the St. Mark Missionary Baptist Church. I have a master's degree from Liberty University in pastoral counseling and Christian ministry. I am married for 33 years. I have one daughter. She's 32 years old, and she lives in the southern part of the country. So tell us about your book. This latest book is my fourth book. I'm very excited about this book. It's cutting edge, and it's somewhat controversial. People may think about it, but I do believe it's a great book. It's a book that deals with specifically the times that we live in in our society. I wrote it because of my love for the faith, the Christian faith, and and how I saw it was being represented in America and around the world. And I think people will really enjoy it, and they'll get a deeper understanding of the faith more so than they just see on the nightly news. Now, who did you write your book for specifically? Who's your target audience here? My target audience is really Christians who practice Christianity, but also leadership, and more importantly, politicians who practice or promote their faiths publicly to the world. So, could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that you would say runs throughout your book? Yeah, the theme of this book deals with belief and behavior by examining the past of the same types of things of practicing and preaching Christianity as opposed to practicing Christianity, we deal specifically with the preaching of it and the speaking of it, in a sense, not pulpit preaching, but what we feel in our hearts and how we practice that and, and how close to our beliefs is our behavior from that aspect and how it benefits people in being less divisive, less angry, less insulting, and these kinds of things to people that are not like them or situations they don't understand or their frustrations from simply being more patient in line to scapegoating, attacking the LGBT community or supporting, you know, bad behavior, immoral behavior from their favorite politician. So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? It will give them a deeper understanding of Christian history. We go deep into the Christian history, specifically from the last 500 years. We talk a lot about things that the average Christian will not really understand. Or they didn't go to seminary. It's a boring topic, but we make it very exciting because we give them some surprises of how things came about and where we are today in our society in America, as well as around the world. The United States of America is a very big influencer by itself. We have led the world for over the last couple hundred years in ideas and technology, as well as in faith. And we want to make sure that we practice and present their faith the right way. So if you were asked to compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book could it be and why? Well, I can't compare it to any other book specifically, but we're on the vein and in the lines of liberation theology. It's one of the 500 theologies that the Bible speaks about. 
but not liberation theology from one race to another, but liberation theology from how we think and how we behave and the things that set us off. So we need to get liberated from certain buzzwords of homosexuality or racism or anger against corporate America. We need to liberate ourselves that our behavior is not pre-programmed or pre-ordained when a certain topic comes up. So why did you write this book? I wrote this book because I was looking in the last seven years at the turn of our society, our nation, the divisiveness and the division of our nation, which goes against the out of many is one and the, the unity that America really strives for that makes us great, the, the inclusivity and the unity of the society. And I'm looking at what's happening before our eyes and the divisiveness is not just in the politics, but it has gotten down into the living room, to the dining room, and even into the bedroom. And I wanted to make sure that at least I can do my part, especially where the faith is being used and this word Christian nationalism, which is an oxymoronic statement, because I felt the faith was being hijacked and stolen from believers. So I wrote this book for clergy and laity and leadership from that aspect so they can have a deeper understanding and be strong and confident when they speak out against what seems to be the normalcy of hate in our society today. So are you critical or are you accusing the church for the ills of society? I'm definitely not critical of the church, but what I think we can learn from our past, I'm critical of the passivity of the church and its understanding of what's happening and its lack of being more forceful and speaking out and saying, this is wrong, we should not do that. And that can be done from the pulpit, it can be done from, from Mount Friends, it can be done in these kinds of things. So I'm critical of that part of the church, but not the church itself. So was there anything that surprised you when you were researching for this book? Oh, yeah. I was surprised myself in my research. I found some things that shocked me. And one of those things was something that happened in the 1400s, around 1445 to 1455. And that's something called a papal bull by Pope, Pope Louis there. And it was a decree that really was birthed in racism and stuff. And it was making it very difficult for Jewish and Islamic converts to come into Christianity. And it said, following the scriptures, if one confess with their mouth and believe in their heart, they shall be saved and these kinds of things. They went a step further. They took it to not just your personal confession, but your bloodline. You know, how many people in your bloodline so from that aspect? And what was very interesting about that is that if you ever looked at Nazi Germany, you know, the master race that went on, they used that same kind of paper bull about the bloodline from that process. And to make sure that there's a purity in the race and from that piece. And when Iberia used that as well, they also, you know, used it when they were trading with sub Saharan Africa and African nations who also used it to usher in the transatlantic slave trade. So that simple thing exploded in the West into chattel slavery. So what does black liberation, white legalism mean? Well, what that means is that marginalized people around the world always feel that they need to be liberated from oppressive behavior, oppressive rules upon them. And we know in the 17, 18, 1500s, there was a class society where the aristocracy and those individuals, they ruled over the peasants from that process. The legalism part of it was the legal right to rule, the legal right for me to be in this position and you to be in your position. So liberation can either be physical liberation, separation, and revolution, civil war, or it can be liberation of your mind, of your thinking, of when you start to believe you are because of your circumstances. So were you afraid to write a book like this? 
All right, once again, you know, all my books deal with this kind of topic. The first three were as a corporate Christian series in reference to how to your belief and your behavior in the corporate environment. This book specifically went more global, went more societal because of good people of faith and smart people that you watch on the news and TV and how they were so consumed and consuming is divisive behavior and bad morality, how quickly it consumes the heart and the mind. And many people sit back and they predict, oh, this is the end of our country and what's going on here from that aspect. And I don't believe it is. I just believe that, you know, people just have to get a deeper understanding of when you're accusing and attacking, this is who you're accusing and attacking and know why you're doing it and not just because it's popular to do. So has writing this book changed anything in regards to how you look at the church? In a sense, it does. Well, how I look at myself, more so than the church. I'm trying to break away from the traditions of the church, and I'm trying to break away from the traditions of putting together sermons and stuff like that. I think sermons should always be to the point where it addresses people's beliefs, and it also lines up with people's behaviors. And it should always try to point out the dichotomy or the disparity between the two of preaching and practicing the Christian faith, but also the Islamic faith and the Hindu faith, all these things. So the heart of man can be very, very divisive and very, very deceitful and deceptive. So how did the current climate in the United States factor into the writing of this book? Oh, it was a big factor. I live in this country and this is my home. I've been here for 60 plus years and the society that we deal in specifically has changed. I mean, it's always been to a point where we're growing to a more perfect union in a sense, but it seems that it has just exploded and a lot of the ills and the things that used to be held together by people's morality, no matter how they felt, they understood that this might not be the best thing to do. Let me count to 10, hold my breath, hold my peace. Now is acceptable to do these things. And you see how hate and evil consumes people to the point of attacking the capital or just disrespecting authority or, you know, on one side of the aisle, we'll shout at this person and shout at that person and governing is not being done in essence and the united states of america the federal government all the state governments play an important role in our daily lives and the quality of our lives and we need these smart individuals who take up these offices you know to be as pure in heart as possible and not go in there with agendas and, and hate in their hearts to attack the citizenry so what was your inspiration to write this book my inspiration to write the book was my love of the faith, you know, uh, and I didn't want to see the faith used, you know, in this manner. I didn't want the faith to be used that Christianity is about nationalism, patriotism. Christianity goes bigger, broader, and deeper than all of that stuff. Christianity is a theological concept and construct that affects the psychological aspect of the human being in his spiritual walk and his spiritual growth that also manifests itself in his physical behavior. Have you had any feedback yet from readers? I've been getting some good reviews. The book came out in May. We're about 10 reviews in. I've been getting some very good reviews. I'm working with a wonderful team in Cascadia, and the marketing team is very good, and they've been putting together some videos and stuff. And so the reviews are getting pretty good. People are very interested specifically in the historical aspects of the faith and how the faith morphed into what it is today. So what's been your most rewarding experience since publishing your book? My most rewarding experience is when people say to me, I didn't know that. I didn't know this part existed. I didn't know you made the connections between sugarcane and the Caribbean and these kinds of things. So I didn't know 
that, you know, Africa played such a prominent role in the Old Testament and even up into the formation of the canons. When they see these issues, that's very rewarding for me because you want to get the true history of the church out. So how would you describe your writing style? That's a good question. I try to be as neutral as possible. I try to present, you know, facts and figures and build around that process. It can be a little boring at times, but I like to think that the information that's coming out is more interesting. So I try to make sure that none of me is in my writing, in a sense. So what part of your book would you say you personally like best? I have my second and third books were very good books for me. I mean, they really dealt with individuals and the internal struggles that people have. That was called The Corporate Christian Two: The Battle for Your Beliefs and The Corporate Christian Three: The Last of the Trilogy, which is The Hidden War on the Inside. The David we have, the Goliath we face, and the David we never use, and then the Goliath we kowtow to. And that basically means the Goliath meaning difficulty on your job, you know, upset that they changed your shift or feel like you're not being paid what you're worth and how you respond to those feelings and how you behave. Do you continue to be the good employer? Do you sulk and just go into typical civil servants, not knocking civil servants, but only do exactly what you were told, no more, no less, and just hang out until you can get your pension? That hidden war on the inside, I found that to be very rewarding for me and many people who bought the book like that. So in your opinion, who should buy your book? I think this latest book should be purchased by every clergy, whether you're a pastor, deacons, elders in your church. I believe most Christians should read this book to get a deeper understanding of their faith. I also believe that politicians and leadership who practice Christianity and say their faith is very important to them and how they make decisions should also read this book. And that's from the C-suites and the corporate world to the president of the United States to, you know, seminaries, all of those things, so they have a deeper understanding of the totality of Christianity and how it affects all people. Do you have a website? Oh, yes. Our website is O.E. Williams Ministries. That's www.oewilliamsministries.com. That's our website where you'll see a lot of my books are up there, a lot of things that we've done. We do a lot of counseling. We developed a program called Solution Focus pastoral counseling, which is my methodology, and a program that's called First Responders to Life. So we respond to people and we train chaplains and we train pastors how to counsel people with the 40 different specific disorders that everybody suffers from at one time or another. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been Pastor Owen Williams, and he is the author of American Christianity, Black Liberation, White Legalism. Owen, thanks very much for being with us today. Thank you so much. I had a wonderful time being with you today. Thank you. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Go out there, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. And whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, The Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.